This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning and welcome to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with my buddy Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Good morning, Mal. I've been missing you. I know. We were off last week. And uh, it seems like forever ago that we were actually in the studio with Java there uh, with our starting lineup. I know. But and anyway. we're socially distancing, and we are sheltering in place, so we wouldn't see each other anyway. That's true. That's true. And I even had a little technical difficulty with Skype this morning. So I'm on the radio. You're on Skype. Java's in the studio. And, hey, this is Deep South Dining 2020. <laughs> It's like cooking. You have three three or four different ingredients going on. We're going to pull in Chef Vivian Howard. We'll just have a party. Yeah, very excited uh, to have Vivian Howard join us later in the show. She's a remarkable uh, foodie and chef and accomplished uh, writer, uh, has an award-winning, Peabody award-winning TV show, and uh, has a brand new show. A Chef's Life was very successful, but she's got a brand new show. And she visits uh, this past weekend, visited the Mississippi Delta. So we'll talk to her more about that later. But what what's going on in your world? Well, you know, it's kind of um, strange and happy yeah. and sad and, uh, and, you know, pretty inspired in, in terms of cooking and reading and and doing things like that. I've spent a lot of time in the kitchen. How about you? Yeah, same here. Uh, I've got three cookbooks uh, that I've been digging through here uh, in the last week or so. Certainly Vivian Howard's uh, wonderful book, Deep Run Roots, which uh, even before I really knew who she was, I had bought this book for Kara for Christmas last year and really enjoyed uh, having it around. It's a fantastic volume. I also got a copy of the Mosquito Supper Club cookbook, uh, by Melissa uh, Martin, who is a New Orleans chef, has a restaurant there called the M- Mosquito Supper Club, and I'm supposed to do an event with her on April the 30th at Cathead uh, with Lemuria. We'll see if that gets uh, rescheduled or if that happens, but I really enjoyed her book. Uh, and, and finally, Carol, here's something I didn't even really realize. Kara's uh, grandmother, Elizabeth Tutelian, wrote an Armenian cookbook back in 1975. And we were on on a Skype conversation with her last week. Uh, She's in uh, Richmond, Virginia in her 90s. And we were talking about Armenian cooking, and she started referencing her cookbook. And I got Kara to dig it out for me. Uh, And it's called Please Pass the Pilaf. Armenian recipes by Elizabeth <laughs> by Elizabeth D. Tatilian, written in 1975. It's it's fascinating. So I've been kind of digging through those three. What are you What are you up to? Well, I've uh, I've got you know cookbooks and other stuff going, but of course I have Vivian Howard's book right here, and our mutual friend Thomas Williams from Nashville, Tennessee, gave me this book right when it came out in, in, um, in 2016, and it's just a favorite of mine. I've 
I'm looking this morning at the turnip root in green gratin. It looks, mm-hmm. you know, all the food is beautiful in there. But I've been looking at that. I've been reading the Southern Biscuit book. I know you're not surprised. And nope, uh, nope. that's by Natalie Dupree and uh, Cynthia Grauberg. And it goes, I mean, it's like, you know, 200 pages of all these kind, different kind of biscuits. You you would not know that there are so many biscuits. And then on the other side, uh, I've been reading Mississippi writer Kesey Lehman's book, Long Division. Oh, He's yeah. the guy, he lives in Oxford from Jackson, who wrote Heavy, that just won so many awards last year, including Audio Book of the Year. And then I just finished uh, The Yellow House by Sarah Broom from New Orleans. Fantastic. Just highly recommend it. Been busy, busy. So, yeah, and I've, I've really been busy working on our Facebook page. And yeah, tell our listeners about uh, that. Yeah, Y'all, we have a Facebook page. It's called Cooking and Coping, Gathering Around the Virtual Table, or just remember Cooking and Coping. And we just encourage all of y'all to go on Facebook and sign up. In just a few days, we have, I believe, about 800 people. And they're coming from everywhere. Last night, there was something from somebody in Hope, Idaho, we have a lot of people from Seattle, and that's because an amazing food writer named Leslie Kelly signed up and encouraged her readers to do it. And Leslie is a freelance, says, food, wine, and booze writer. So oh. uh, she's actually posting from a trailer park in Arizona. She's going across the country, but she's added a lot to it. And you know, most of the people are our Mississippi listeners, and uh, do you mind if I give a few favorites? You go right ahead. Well, you know Leanne Galt, who was on the show, who was who talked about sheet pan cooking. Leanne posts almost every night. She has for a year, but she's posting on our site now, and she usually usually wins hands down. Her food is beautiful, whether it's, uh, you know, meatloaf or these exotic Asian dishes. Uh, another one of my favorites is Bob LaCour from Meridian. And Bob is an interior designer and interior architect, and he moved home from uh, L.A. a few years ago. But his dish, dishes are plated so beautifully i cook some of the same things but it just looks like a big you know hunk of something on a platter but <laughs> his are worth worth looking for and and then april mcgregor from north carolina and she posts most every day and then she has has a video or live videos like on facebook and instagram once a week yesterday she had something called biscuit church so um I've learned I've learned a lot following these people, made a lot of new friends. But the main thing it's done for me is it gives me ideas about my own cooking. Because, you know, when you see what other people are doing with the limited ingredients and just ingredients in your pantry, it's pretty amazing. I mean, everything well, I w- from beer can chicken yesterday to braised octopus. Wow. 
Well, you know, April McGregor used to work at Hallam Mouse when she was a student at Millsap, so she's a dear old friend. And uh, she really? had a business. Yeah, April had a business called the Farmer's Table, I believe. For the yeah, she used to do a lot of canning and preserving. Uh, but that's our uh, Facebook page, Cooking and Coping, gathering around the virtual table on Facebook. If you want to join in the conversation, we would uh, love to have you. Uh, or if you well, just want I, to watch the conversation. Absolutely. It's a fun thing, and I'm really grateful for Leanne for helping set it up and for you for keeping it going. Uh, it's created uh, quite a lot of conversation, and you know, I've enjoyed posting Kara's blueberry cake and her niçoise salad uh, and some of the other things. Uh, we ordered out to go uh, last night from Apollo's here in Highland Village. We finally got tired of our own cooking and tried to get a little something else going on. Well, it's so important. I mean, it's, we really need to support our local restaurants. And a lot has changed since we were here two weeks ago in terms of, you know, people getting back up and running and, and um, offering curbside service. You know, many of us are not in town and and can't can't do that. But right. just encourage everybody who can to support their restaurants and maybe later in the show we'll talk about some what some specific restaurants are doing oh absolutely uh it's a it's a different world for sure you know everything has changed uh in all of our lives and certainly in the restaurant profession um you know we've had our restaurant closed for two weeks and a lot of people are doing the to-go thing and that's working for some people and not for others but uh, anyway, a lot going on uh, in our world, uh, and we, uh, we we certainly hope that everybody is uh, staying healthy and, and doing well. All right, we're going to take a break now and uh, come back. This <clears throat> is our first break of the day. When we come back, we will have award-winning chef Vivian Howard join the conversation. You'll know Vivian from A Chef's Life <clears throat> and from her brand-new program you can see every friday night on mpb television in fact this week's episode she spends some time in the mississippi delta and that show is called somewhere south we'll also talk to her about how the covid19 has changed her kitchen and her life she's also a restaurateur uh, in north carolina so please stay tuned Kelly, host of All Things Considered, best wishes to MPB on its 50th anniversary. The Chinese meal made of dumplings is an event, one meant for sharing, for conversation, and for sitting around the table. This is a lot of dumplings. My favorite would be palm soy gok. It's fried with sweet potato flour, and inside it's a little salty. It has pork, shrimp, and mushrooms. Right this one's hot cow. <laughs> These are wugok. They are made of taro root, pork, and shrimp on the inside. I like the chasubal. Yeah, roast pork stuff. 
This is uh, shrimp and chives here. These are soupy buns because on the inside there's just a little bit of ground pork and then it also has a little bit of broth in the middle. You know, I think they all meet the definition of a dumpling because they're all wrapped in different kinds of flour. And I'll start right here. Well, thank you all so much for taking me down this wall. Listening to Deep South Dining here on MTV Think Radio, Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. You just heard a clip from an upcoming episode of Somewhere South, which can be seen this Friday at 8 p.m. on MTV TV. And joining us right now from North Carolina, the host of Somewhere South, Chef Vivian Howard. Welcome, Vivian. Hi, thank you. So great to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. How are things in North Carolina this morning? Quiet. (laughs) 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 We can can say the same. It's weirdly quiet. But um, I had so much fun watching your show last Friday night on Porridge. And this is the second week of the show. And how many episodes? Do you have of somewhere south? There's six episodes. Goodness. So tell us what they are. Um, so the first episode was on hand pies, and the second was porridge. This week we have dumplings. Um, after that, we have a, a greens and pickles and barbecue. Wow. Wow. So the dumpling so in, episode in, in is the, the one chef's that life. In the chef's <laughs> life, this is, this is what it is when you're not in the studio, but, but you really painted a picture of one regional cuisine, and this is a much broader story and a uh, broader picture, and I would, I'd like to know, and I'm sure our listeners would, the idea behind it and what inspired you to, to go wider instead of in your own little plot of land uh sure you know uh chef's life was really about eastern north carolina and and the type of food that i grew up eating and we wanted to um take a a broader look at what southern food um is and so we decided we would organize it around um, dishes that every culture shares. And so that's why, you know, every culture has a dumpling. Every culture has a porridge. Every culture has a form of barbecue. And so by by organizing it that way, it really um, kind of shows us that we're all eating in the same way and, and the same things essentially um, and paints a more uh, accurate picture of what it means to be Southern and what it means to be Southern food. Malcolm? So this Friday's episode uh, really sums up the topic of dumplings. Is that the one that brought you to the Mississippi Delta? Yeah. Yes, we uh, we were for the dumpling episode. We're kind of on the quest to understand what a dumpling is. You know, um, my dumpling that I grew up eating was chicken and pastry, which is like you know chicken that has uh, flat 
very soft noodles in it. Um, but so many of the dumplings that we are accustomed to seeing are, you know, little packages of meat or vegetables, you know, rolled up in a, um, a dough of some sort and steamed or fried. And so those two things are really different, but we call them both dumplings. So we wanted to kind of understand what it means to be a dumpling in Mississippi turned out to be a great jumping off point from that because, you know, there's a lot of diversity that you don't necessarily um, think about or see when you you talk about Mississippi as an outsider. Um, And so this was an opportunity to show Mississippi, uh, represent Mississippi for more than just black and white. And, And so you were in Clarksdale, Greenwood in Jackson, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, well, start with Clarksdale and the culture you rec- represented there. So Clarksdale, um, you know, I think most people know it for um, cotton production and also the blues. Uh, but we we went and spent a lot of time with a community um, that referred to themselves as the Mississippi Delta Chinese. And it at one time was an incredibly vibrant community of grocery store owners. I think in Clarksdale, at one point, there were something like 23 um, Chinese-owned grocery stores. And, you know, one of the really interesting things is that they, they, the Chinese people came to the Delta to work in the fields, but they found that they were better suitor, suited to, you know, professions as um, merchants. And they found themselves uniquely positioned to sell to both the white community and the black community because they were kind of outside of that caste system at the time. And so we spent a lot of time with, um, with them in Clarksdale and went to uh, the the Mississippi Delta Cultural Museum that's on, what's the school? It's the Fighting Okra. I just remember the... Uh, Delta State. <laughs> yes. That's like the best mascot I've ever know, seen. Uh, did you leave with the Fighting Okra t-shirt? I did not, and I regret that, but uh, maybe we'll that's enough. We'll make it happen. Yeah, okay, we'll great. Happen. <laughs> okay, so you also Greenwood. Visited, yeah. Yes. So in Greenwood, we um, spent time with a couple, uh, their last name is the Mai's, and they have a restaurant called My Little China. And um, one of the things that we focused on there is that, you know, they, they serve, you know, distinctly Chinese food, but they also serve like collard greens and fried chicken. So you have this buffet um, set up where one side is basically Chinese and one side is uh, like traditional Southern and people are mixing them all together. And it was actually um, a great way to, to eat both. And then Jackson. Uh, yes, and then we went to Jackson, or just outside of Jackson, and spent time with a uh, group of women who are part of the Beth Israel uh, Temple in Jackson, and uh, we made matzo balls, which is um, one of the most ubiquitous dumplings in the world, um, and uh, the matriarch, the woman's home that we were at, uh, her name's Petra, she, was, uh, she came here from Germany, um, in her early twenties, I believe. And she is the one that is teaching us all to make the matzo balls. And I thought it was so interesting because, um, there's a, a strong, uh, 
Jewish, a vibrant Jewish community in Jackson, and they do this fundraiser every year, um, a bazaar where they sell, um, you know, quintessentially Jewish foods to the community of Jackson. And apparently Jackson looks forward to it all year long. Um, That is so true. And Malcolm, hasn't it been canceled or postponed due to the virus? uh, It It has. It must have happened last week, I believe, Vivian, right? Yes, it is. It's been um, postponed is the word I'm choosing to use. Yeah, (laughs) we're postponing a lot. (laughs) Well, our office always gets Beth Israel. Yeah. Uh, Java, did we have a clip from the show we wanted to play on dumplings? Yeah, I have one more um one more clip to play. It was about um uh Vivian when you spent time with um uh I forget the lady's name before you went to Greenwood, you were in Clarksdale and you asked them about um I guess are they Chinese or are they southern? Let's take a let's take a listen to that. Okay. So do you consider yourself Chinese or southern? Probably Chinese first. The foods that I cooked for my children, I cooked Chinese food. And they would say, why do you cook so much Chinese food? Can you not cook American food? And I said, okay. I cooked the pot roast for them. And they looked at it and go, what is this, Mom? Yeah, go back to your dumplings. <laughs> I said, you wanted American food? This is the best I can do. I mean, my, my mother cooked Chinese food all the time. Wow. So what about you? It's Southern Chinese yes. American. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like that was a fun uh, trip to the to the Mississippi Delta. Was that your first time? Um, it was my not my first time, but uh, my dad. I may, I may have driven through some of the Delta un, unknowingly. I've been to Memphis for sure, but my my dad is a farmer, and his favorite place in the world is the Mississippi Delta. Like he and my nephew uh, will fly down there for my nephew's spring break and ride around and look at farmland for vacation. So when, <laughs> when he uh, learned that I was going to the Delta for the show, he was very disappointed that he didn't get to escort me. I told him it would have to be another time so that uh, there was no time to look at farmland on this trip. Well, we would welcome him, and we know a lot of farmers that would love to be his guide. But um, how long did it, did it take to make this show? Um, from start to finish, about three years. I mean, we didn't work wow. on yeah, we didn't work on it, um, you know, consistently. I mean, if you watch some of the earlier episodes, you can see I have very short hair, and now I have very long hair, and um, and that's just the passing of time. <laughs> so um, we, you know, we had a lot of stops and starts, and you know, it's a completely new show idea and format and it took us a little while to figure out how to to best um articulate it but i think the time that we spent doing it was really worth it i'm proud of it uh seeing it on television well i can't wait for this friday night's uh episode yeah me too um i'm going to be encouraging people uh, this week on my social media to make dumplings 
and uh, send me some pictures of them. We've been doing that with the other two. We did it with porridge and with hand pies. And I've had hundreds and hundreds of people um, participating and sending me pictures. And I'll be happy to look at something more exciting than porridge this coming week um, with all the people cooking along. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get a lot of chicken and dumplings from this area. Yes, yes, with good reason. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Vivian, <clears throat> you, uh, you're you also a restaurateur. Can you give us a brief update on how your restaurants are doing in the COVID-19 crisis? Sure. Well, they're closed. Um, we tried to do takeout uh, and curbside for two weeks, and, um, you know, I was uncomfortable uh, bringing people to work. Um, I was uncomfortable engaging with you know people uh curbside and it really just the math wasn't working and so we decided to just um take a step back and to regroup and it's been um you know i don't think anybody really knows what the right thing to do is but i I, for me at least this was it yeah it's it's a really difficult uh decision to have to make um and and you know we we own a restaurant. My family owns a restaurant here in Jackson. We did exactly the same thing. We tried to take out, but I got so uncomfortable just having people uh, coming in and out. I just felt like it was uh, time to close the door and wait it out. Yeah, you know, um, not everyone is responding with the same caution that uh, I am, and that's that's concerning because you know you can. It's kind of like when I was in driver's ed, they said, you know, you don't need to worry necessarily about your driving. You got to worry about everybody else's. And, and so it seems like this is, this is what it is for now. You also are planning on opening a restaurant in, in Charleston. Are you rethinking that or are you just, as we say, postponing? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I am still very hopeful that it's going to happen, um, but I the likelihood that it would happen in the time frame that we were planning for is 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 very small. <laughs> so, yeah, you probably have to get everything up and running there first. Yes, um, and you know, I think we will emerge differently, and that'll take some planning and some strategy and. So, you know, although I'm, we're not going to work in the restaurants every day, we're still very much thinking about what the next steps are. Well, what are you cooking at home for your family? You know, Malcolm and I have a, a Facebook page called Cooking and Coping, and it's been really interesting to see uh, what people are, are doing. And we have, you know, everybody from home cooks making beer canned chicken, chicken to one of your former bosses, Scott Barton, who did some kind of octopus last night. So we're, <laughs> we're seeing a lot of stuff, and we hope you'll join us. But tell what's going on in your family kitchen? Um, well, you know, we've got two uh, recently uh, turned nine-year-olds, as in like, yesterday was their birthday. And so everything we cook <clears throat> is really with them in mind. Um, and um, so we, we've been – we've made a lot of pizza – We've made lasagna. 
Um, we've made, uh, I've made three birthday cakes in the last week because my mom, my husband, and my children's birthday was this past week. So that was really time consuming. <laughs> For their birthday, we made ribs and my, fa- it was my kids, whatever their favorite meal was. So we made ribs and this zucchini pasta that my daughter loves. So it's pasta, but with a zucchini sauce. Um, so we're trying to like sneak a lot of vegetables into the things we're making, you know, pureeing spinach into our bolognese and using carrots or sweetness in there. So, um, but I personally am like, I, I am doing some kitchen projects that I've long wanted to do, but have not done thus far. So I'm making kombucha. Um, I was inspired by Virginia Willis yesterday picks dandelion green uh, dandelion flowers and steeps them in oil and then she's going to show us how to make salve for our hands so i had my children out in the yard picking all our dandelion blossoms so i'm like really looking forward to the long lead kitchen projects that my life has just not allowed me to do well how far is deep run north carolina from the nearest supermarket um well we've got piggly wigglies within like a you know 15 minute drive um, but, uh, it's about 25 minutes from a Walmart, but I'm not going to, it, I, I'm not going to the grocery store if I can help it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not either. I'm like 25 or 30 minutes from a bag of flour, but there are no bags of flour to be found around here. No, you know, I do have a little bit of cushion in that I had, uh, a, 50 pound bag of flour delivered to the restaurant right before all this happened. So uh, there are perks to having been in the restaurant business. Oh yeah. But I love the idea that people are staying home and making bread. That's, that's been a big trend and that's something we're seeing on our Facebook page every day. You know, people are saying this is the first time I've made bread. This is the first time I've made biscuits. So I know where all the flour is going. Yes, into that sourdough. (laughs) Yeah, yes, it is. All right, ladies, it is time for a break. Uh, Vivian, we have to take a quick break. If you can hang on, we'd love to uh, continue talking to you. But if you have to jump and go tend to something, we understand. That's fine. I'll hang on. Great. Want to, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Remember that uh, Vivian Howard's new show is Somewhere South. It airs Fridays at 8 p.m. on MPB television right here in Mississippi. Uh, join us after the break. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. You can talk to Vivian Howard, Carol, or myself. And we'll be back with Deep South Dining right after this break. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, autocorrect we help steer you in the right direction with your car problems find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org welcome back to deep south Dining. malcolm white here with my cohort carol puckett and carol we are so delighted today to have chef vivian howard as our guest she has a brand new TV show, you 
certainly know her from her hit series, A Chef's Life. But her brand-new show is called Somewhere South, and it airs on Mississippi Zone, Mississippi Public Broadcasting TV, Friday nights at 8 o'clock. You can join Vivian Howard on her exploration of food. And I guess you go all across the globe, right, Vivian? Um, well, we, we just go to, we go all across the globe within the American South. So, um, you know, we go to Texas and we learn from uh, two Japanese American chefs, their, their riffs on barbecue. We go uh, further into Texas and um, see about uh, barbecued sweetbreads, which is kind of a delicacy in a very small part of Texas. We go down into Florida, to central Florida, um, to visit with the cracker community and smoked mullet. That's also part of the mm. barbecue. Uh, yeah. And what about- things that has been, you know, people have asked me, what was the best thing you ate? And I'll have to say, the most surprising thing was um, this, the smoked mullet. Like, I didn't have very high expectations, if you know what I mean. And right. it was amazing. Um, it was part of a mullet festival. And so, you know, all of these uh, very enthusiastic kind of um, craftsmen of smoking mullet had, you know, set up their smokers. And I got to go around and taste. And I was just blown away by how delicious it was. It has a wonderful flavor. I felt the same way. My expectations weren't high, and I'm so happy you got to go to a festival because the uh, mullet festival in Gulf Shores, I think, has had to be canceled because of the recent unpleasantness. But uh, one of my favorite events is the mullet toss. Oh, yeah. And at your mullet festival, were there a lot of mullet uh, hairdos. There were, there were the um, our 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 guide Ricky. Um, he had been fashioning uh, his mullet uh, for months, apparently, and um, yeah, there were a lot of mullet hairdos. The mullet toss was a little bit disturbing for me uh, <laughs> because uh, they, you know they would toss the mullet and try to get it into like a bucket or something. And then they would use the same mullet again and again and again. And, um, I, I was going to participate, but then I I decided that it was not going to be the right look for me. (laughs) Wow. Speaking of the right look, I was a little nervous earlier when you said you had cut your hair short. I wondered if you'd prepared it as a mullet for this uh, undertaking. No, no, I, um, I'm, I'm too, I'm too vain for that. <laughs> I've always you know, loved that saying about mullets: business in the front and party in the back. I know it's so it's, true. <laughs> it is, it is so true. Uh, I took some notes the other night during the porridge episode, and one thing that just fascinated me was the dinner that you cooked uh, as a tribute to Edna Lewis in Charleston. But I had never heard of a turnip run up and I thought that some of our listeners might that that did not see that show uh, might be interested in knowing about that okay sure so a turnip run up we just call them run ups here um, is kind of like the second coming of a mustard green plant now here in eastern North Carolina we call a lot of things turnips that don't have big edible tap roots so we say turnip salad and so that's a um, mixture of different types of mustard greens and maybe some turnip greens. So a turnip run-up is 
when in the early spring, um, the a turnip plant or a mustard green plant that has not been pulled from its root will sh- shoot up um, a very tender uh, sprout, if you will, and it has a floret, and it looks like um, broccoli rob almost, and it's prized in eastern North Carolina, particularly among, you know, older home cooks for its sweet, um, particular taste, and also because, it, you know, they're only available a certain time of year, and the way that we would cook them here is to stew them with air-dried sausage, and um, it makes delicious pot liquor, and it's my mom's favorite thing. And you actually put them over grits for this dinner. It was really a beautiful presentation. Yes, and and very tasty. It was grits with the stewed uh, run-ups, some really crispy sausage that we showered over top, and then like a a kind of smoky tomato jam to like bring it all together. It was beautiful. Uh, It looks like our job is telling us we have a caller. Who do we have on the line? Uh, yes, we have a caller, one of our regulars, too. It's um, Bill from Greenwood, and uh, Bill wanted to come on. And, hey, Bill, uh, how are you this morning? I'm fine. How are y'all doing? Uh, my family uh, came to North Carolina in the 1680s, and they were there until the Civil War. They lived in the Norfolk, uh, Virginia, Hickory, Virginia area, Elizabeth City, North Carolina area, and then they moved uh, on up into Norfolk, but I used to like that show she had on because she would have different kind of stuff to eat that I had completely forgotten about, and only my grandmama knew how to cook. And, of course, you know, we lost all touch with that. But, you know, I really liked that show because uh, the North, I mean, the Virginia cooking and the North Carolina cooking, I, I, I really remember how good it was. You know, all the stuff she'd come up with, I'd forgotten all about. Well, I'm glad that I was able to remind you. I hope it was uh, good memories. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Bill, I don't know if you heard the f- first part of the show, but uh, this Friday night when she does a show on dumplings on somewhere south, actually she comes to your community, to Greenwood, to My Little China. So be be oh, sure really? and tune in for that. Oh, well, has she already been here? I guess I missed it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, several months ago. I'm stationary now. Oh, you're you're in North Carolina now, okay? Mm-hmm. But the show airs on PBS and MPB Friday night at, at eight. Okay, I'll be sure and look at okay. it. Right. Well, Bill, we always appreciate you calling and have a good day there in Greenwood, Mississippi. All right, bye bye. Uh... Thank you, Bill. Okay, um, Vivian, <laughs> would you? Tell a little bit of, of your story, your path to being a chef for some people who may not be familiar. Sure. Uh, so I grew up in eastern North Carolina. My parents were tobacco farmers, and I um, I always, one of my first memories is knowing that I wanted to leave eastern North Carolina. I wanted to live in a big city. I had, you know, lots of dreams. I wanted to be a writer. And so after college, I moved to New York and um, struggled to get a job in journalism. And so I started uh, working in restaurants and I started as a server 
And I was actually working at um, the restaurant that Scott Barton was chef at, Voyage. And this was in 2001, I believe. And, um, you know, the concept of the restaurant was Southern food via Africa, which was really not something people were talking about at all at the time. So we were way ahead of our time. Um, but I, I fell in love with like the stories behind all the dishes that, uh, Scott was making. And so I started working in the kitchen, um, in hopes of turning that experience into a career as a food writer. Um, but I really, I just kept cooking cause I, I enjoyed it. I felt like I was good at it. I enjoyed the camaraderie of the kitchen, like working toward a common goal, um, and it was a lot easier to get a job cooking than it was to get a job writing. <laughs> and so uh, my now husband and I started this little soup business on the side where on our days off, we would deliver soup around the city to people that had ordered it via email. And we had an, um, uh, a client who expressed interest in helping us open an, an actual storefront because at this point we were making the soup in our apartment and chilling it down in our bathtub. Uh, <laughs> and so um, we we were very interested in that, and I expressed what we were going to do to my parents, and they were like, oh, no, 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 we, we want you to come home. And so they made a counter offer to uh, for us to open a restaurant anywhere in North Carolina that we wanted, but that turned out not to be true. It was really anywhere inside this 10,000 square foot building my parents had already purchased is where we could <laughs> open the restaurant. So that's kind of how I got to got back to Eastern North Carolina and got to cooking. Uh, one of the things in your bio that really interested me after doing Scott Barton's restaurant or sometime in there, you worked at WD-50 with I guess, Wiley Dufresne. Yes. And what a contrast in uh, cooking styles. I mean, I only ate at WD-50 uh, once, but, I mean, I can remember that, I mean, the food was just wild. I, I ordered something that was like a sheet of oysters that yes. <laughs> he had, I guess, run through a, a pasta machine or something It was it was that, very strange, but t tell me about the contrast between Southern African and Wiley Dufresne. Well, I went from, um, you know, working at Voyage and, you know, making things like grits and fried oysters to this kitchen, WD-50, that was doing everything on kind of a molecular level. And, you know, one of my first jobs, I mean, I was a, a peon, an intern there. And one of my first jobs was there, they said, put everything in this bag and then put it in this machine and press the button. And I did what they said, and there were, you know, uh, dozens of bags, and I would press the button, and it would, you know, make a loud racket, and then the top would pop up. No idea what I was doing or why, and it was, turns out that they were, like, some of the first people to do sous vide, so I was putting the stuff in the bags to sous vide, but I was so out of my element and so... Um, like in over my head that I would often do things without understanding like what it meant at all. And I remember that dish, the oyster dish, it got a lot of, um, it was really beautiful. It was meant to look like a painting, but it, 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 um, people had issues with the texture and, yeah, um, it was weird. maybe took it a little bit too far. <laughs> yeah. It, it was the size of like maybe a 
five by seven index card and it was a flat sheet. It was you know, something that I had never imagined that you could flatten an oyster like that. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I remember another dish that um, I worked to prep um, a lot was the, it was uh, squid noodles. So we would take squid bodies and open them up and, you know, um, scrape, scrape them clean and then uh, layer them and then freeze the, the layers and then take, you know, this pile of frozen squid and put it on a meat slicer and slice that into like squid noodles Imagine zucchini noodles made out of squid, and then they would get sautéed with um, with pancetta and garlic, and then finished with breadcrumbs. And that was really delicious because they acted like noodles, and they had this you know really comforting uh, Spanish style sauce on there. So that's one well, thing. I, I'm I'm glad that you're back to grits and <laughs> run-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it takes experiences like that to, I think, really appreciate the, you know, the food that I grew up eating. <laughs> well, you work for two geniuses, so, you know, very different, but what a background. Yes, yes, I'm very fortunate. All right, we're going to have to take another break. Uh, Vivian, if you can hang, that would be great. Uh, we really enjoy having you on the show. Uh We're going to take a little break here on Deep South Dining. We'll come back, and if you're interested, you're welcome to join the conversation by calling 1-877-672-7464. Our special guest today is Vivian Howard, the chef and Peabody Award-winning writer. Uh, Her book is called Deep Run Roots. Her two shows are Chef's Life and one about the South called Somewhere South. It airs on Mississippi Public Television, 8 o'clock on, on Friday nights. We'll be right back with more of Deep South Dining. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Carol, how are you? Malcolm, I'm good, but I sure have been missing you. Um, I know. Well, you know, social distancing, but um, I was just really thrilled that we could have Vivian on the show today. And Vivian, I'm sorry it's been a four-ring circus. We're all in different places, on different. You got Malcolm's on the phone. I'm on Skype. Don't know what Java's on. So thank you for hanging with us and helping helping us pull this. Together. Hey, we're all about improvising right now. That is exactly what what um, you know what we are. Um, how can people follow you? What kind of social media are are you doing, and how do you like for people to stay in touch with you? Um, so I'm very active on Instagram, and my uh, my handle is Chef in the F, and every week. Um, I'm doing tips related to uh, the the dish that 
the show is going to be about. So I will, um, this week I'll talk about dumplings, what they are, uh, show you some tricks to making them. And then I do another segment with my kids and we'll make some sort of dumplings. And let me, let me just tell you that my kids are very unruly in the kitchen. And so I, that it's quite funny to watch what's happening with them. And then I have a big mess to clean up afterward, but that's okay. <laughs> well, well, your kids have grown up in the kitchen with the chef's life, so they should be really pros at, at production by now. They should be, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so is it chef and the F like chef and the farmer? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. What about uh, Facebook or is there yes. anything for the show? Yes. Um, you can follow the show at A Chef's Life um, on Facebook or Instagram. And the show is also uh, sharing all of my, my, my tips and my stories. Um, but yes, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, the show and myself have a presence. We're all over the social webs. Okay. <laughs> well, we want to send people there. And uh, speaking of Facebook, uh, I told you about the site that, that that we started a couple of weeks ago. And one of the funny things that happened over the weekend was that two people posted within an hour of each other pictures of these beautiful, fluffy pancakes called Dutch Babies. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen a Dutch baby before. So a German pancake, they were absolutely beautiful. So, you know, I posted that I was going to do it too. So I made one on Sunday. It was very easy. And so there's just been this proliferation of Dutch babies over the, the past 48 hours. Yeah, and well, that, I, I, go so, ahead. No, I think, I mean, I think Dutch baby uh, pancakes are so interesting because they're, they're, as you said, easy to make, but so rewarding. I mean, it comes out, you know, puffed up and, and sweet and aromatic and, um, Yeah, and I think everybody wants to participate. Like, we can't be in front of each other, but, you know, we can touch each other by making the same dishes and and sharing that experience. Oh, that's right. And I think Java's going to post, actually, uh, a video or a a clip this yeah, I'm gonna Today, post, I'm gonna to post a, res- a recipe it. about uh, about the Dutch babies because, like you said, Carol, it was all over the Facebook page. But Vivian, we do have to uh, wrap the show. We're um, we're running out of time. Malcolm, go ahead and send us on home, big guy. All right, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Stink Radio. It is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced magnificently by the great. Java Chapman. We appreciate Chef Vivian Howard joining us today. For Carol Puckett and myself, please stay tuned now. For now, you're talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell at 11. Please join us every Monday at 9 a.m. in the morning for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>